0: Thanks for checking out the podcast of The Church at Lake Travis. If you have any questions about our church, visit us online at churchlt.com. And I just want to say welcome to all of you who are joining us as a guest today. Um, you probably noticed this, that Easter it happens to be on April Fool's Day, and so that lends itself to uh, possible jokes and funny things to happen. Uh, yesterday, I was getting ready for church and uh, just thinking about the day, and uh, I, I walked in my closet, and my, my son Sam was in there ironing his Easter clothes, and they were real bright and colorful and like Easter clothes maybe should be and he said um, "He said, Dad, what are you wearing? And I showed him what I was wearing today and he's like um, Dad, is that a e- April Fool's joke or what? Like, you know, you're going to wear black for Easter? Um, another thing that I thought was funny was I saw a, a meme on, on social media that said um, you know, Easter in 2018 is going to be awesome because it falls on April Fool's Day, and I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell the kids to go hunt Easter eggs but I'm not gonna hide any. <laughs> how mean is that? I mean, who would do that? Goodness gracious. Well, anyway, so um, I'm glad you're here today. Thanks for being here on Easter Sunday. It truly is a wonderful celebration. And maybe you uh, were drugged here by a family member that just was like, "You got to come to church with me on Easter." Or maybe you saw our signs, or you got something in the mail, or I'm not sure how you heard about the church. But we're glad you're here, and uh, I just want to add my welcome to and just say thanks for being with us today. Um, Our vision as a church really is to be a relational church. That means we don't like herding people in and hurting them out. It means we want to connect in relationships with one another and so we do that in a variety of ways um, from children's ministry all the way to adults and student ministry along the way. We have house churches that meet on Wednesday nights twice a month. We have men's ministry that meets in various ways. Women's ministry that meets. We just like to connect people relationally. Um, One of the things that makes our church, I feel like, pretty unique is that we lead the way in generosity. Um, In fact, as a church, we have committed to always give at least 10% of everything that comes in outside the walls of the church. And to date, as a church, we have given, It's six years old, we've given over uh, half a million dollars away, which is pretty awesome, and we celebrate that, yeah we want to make a difference outside the walls of our church. And we estimate that last year we had over 700 volunteer hours that were logged where people were going out and serving in various ways. Um, we had a mission team in Roton that had 15 people last month. We do this partnership with Reach that we talk about where you check in on Facebook or tag the location on Instagram. And um, you can do that and follow uh, us on those social media channels. But we're all about going out into the community. Um, One question that people have a lot about our church when they come and check it out for the first time is like, you guys meet in a high school, that's kind of weird, but you know, like, tell me more about that. Like, do you ever plan to move out of the high school? The answer is yes. In fact, this year we're actively looking for land or a building to move out of the high school and move into that building and so that we could be more permanent in the community. And and here's our heart, we want to leave a legacy here in this Lake Travis community. We have a vision to see this community transformed by God's love, to seize every opportunity that God gives us to reach up in worship, to reach in in relationships like I talked about, and and to reach out in the community and connect people with Jesus. So um, we do all of this because we want to help people take next steps spiritually. Um, We believe that all of us have this place where we are currently, and we have this place where we want to go. We have this desire where we want to go to a different place from where we are currently. And we call the space in between a gap. And so we want to help people take next steps Spiritually speaking. And today, um, I want to just bring to your attention that inside the bulletin that you received when you came in, there should be a response card. Um, And in that response card, basically, once a year at Easter every year, we try to just update all of our contact information on people that call the Church of Lake Travis home. But we also want to give you, as a guest, an opportunity to let us know that you were here. Um, And so you can complete that information card on. the front and then prayer requests are on the back uh, or excuse me on the bottom of that we love to pray and we love to pray for your needs so if there's anything we can join you in praying about uh, please let us know if you want to make that for the prayer team or if you just want me to see it you can mark it as confidential and I'll be the only one to see that Um, the on the back of this is really important and we want to hear from you on this It is a survey where we can design our series that are coming up in the future of our church to help speak to where you're at and to help answer questions that you might have. So the first question is, I'd like to hear a message on what the Bible says about, and then it has a bunch of topics, or I'm interested in hearing more about these themes. You can let us know about that, and then there's a place there where you can talk about your next spiritual step in your journey, and uh, we'll collect those. At the end of this service today, but that just to give you a heads up so you can go ahead and complete some of that survey, and that would be great. So um, now we're going to get into the message. Enough of that stuff about the church, and let's talk about uh, what Easter is all about. Um, This passage from Romans chapter 8, verse 11, may be one of my favorite passages about Easter. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says this The Spirit of God who raised Jesus. Jesus from the dead is living in you. Like, what? You mean to tell me that the, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me? Yes, the same power who raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. You can experience his same power, and that is great news. Now, this is our annual party as a church. Like, when you step foot on this campus today, hopefully you felt a little bit of excitement, and that there was some energy here, because this is a big deal because it represents the biggest day in human history like this guy who was buried in a grave actually didn't stay dead he rose from the dead and that is worth celebrating and so we celebrate this but we don't want this to simply be an event that you celebrate we want this to be something that you experience it's a relationship that comes through Jesus Christ and the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Now, I believe that sometimes we celebrate Easter annually when God wants us to experience Easter daily. And so here we are finding out how to do that. The the problem is we all had this place of where we are and where we want to be and there's this gap and the problem is we've tried to change it over and over again, but we tried to do it on our own. And we didn't invite God to come in and help us change that area of our life. And so this morning, I want to help take you on a journey that will help you bridge the gap from where you are to where you want to be. Because I think all of us have gaps in our life. We have gaps in our marriage. We think, here's where I am, but here's where I want to be. We have gaps in our parenting. Like, we just think, man, if our kids would just get to that point, then we would be in the clear. Um, We have gaps in our physical life. I think we can all identify with this. Even the most fit person in the world thinks, like, if I just could do that next thing, whatever that is, whatever whatever that physical thing is for you. Um, just yesterday, um, I had this goal. I'd like to lose about 10 pounds, and so um, I know that. I, there's This is where I am, and this is where I want to be, about 10 pounds less. So <laughs> yesterday, I was out doing some errands, and I went to, uh, I had this gift card that was burning a hole in my pocket, and it was to Chick-fil-A, and it happened to be a milkshake, and so I was like, man, I gotta go, I'm gonna, get, you know, I'm gonna get this milkshake, and so I get it, and I come home, and and I'm drinking the milkshake, and um, and so later last night, Sam says to me, my 12-year-old, he says, hey, Dad, I know you wanna lose weight, but drinking that milkshake's probably not gonna help. <laughs> We all have gaps in our life. Um, I told him I have a new strategy. My new strategy is this. I'm just going to start telling people that I used to weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> I look pretty good, don't I, for weighing three... No, I didn't, right? That, that's a lot. I don't even know how, how I would look with that. So anyway, so, you know, the Bible is full of um, systems and processes. It's full of ways for us to take next steps. And I discovered something a few months ago as I was thinking and preparing for Easter, and it comes in the form of a question, and that is, why three days? Like, really? I mean, we have this first day that it happened, and, and why didn't he just come right back to life? Or, or why, why not the second day? Why did it have to take three days? And, and I think it could be because God wanted to show us some steps that we all might be going through that ultimately he wants to take us on a journey to help us take next steps, to fill in the gap from where we are to where he wants us to be. In fact, I would say that Jesus came, one of the very reasons he came, was to identify with us in the various seasons of our life. And whatever season you might find yourself in, whether you are in a season where you're suffering or whether you're in a season where you're just confused or whether you're in a season where you're just celebrating life and everything is going well, God wants to identify with you in that season. If the book of uh, First Peter talks about this. It says it this way. This is the kind of life that you've been invited to. The kind of life that that Christ lived. I I love that invitation language because I believe God wants to invite all of us into a relationship with himself. I, I think that each of us has this homing device in our soul that cries out for God in the presence of God. We all want to connect with God. And Peter says, we're invited into this kind of relationship with God, the kind of life that Christ lived. And then it goes on and it says, he suffered everything that came his way. Why did he do that? So that you would know that it could be done and also so you would know how to do it step by step. God gives us steps. He gives us processes. And Friday teaches us about suffering. Saturday teaches us about confusion. And Sunday has something for us as well. And whether you're living a Friday or a Saturday right now, I think God wants to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Now, it's a well-known fact that Friday is a day of pain. Jesus Christ died on a cross on Friday. He suffered and went through an excruciating process of being flogged and whipped and then going to the cross, being nailed to the cross, being lifted up on the cross where he, 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 he was in anguish. And, and we know Friday is a day of pain. Jesus came to experience pain so that... He could help us in our day of pain. The scripture talks about all of the ways that Jesus suffered. And in fact, I would say it this way, that Jesus warred for you and me. He warred in his life and he warred in his death on the cross. How did Jesus war in his life? He warred physically. We see in the scripture he was physically beaten on our behalf uh, it, it, we see that he was suffered physically so that in fact he could help us in our own physical suffering. And maybe you're here and you are experiencing a Friday in life and you're suffering physically. Or, or maybe you're in um, a, a different place. Maybe it's emotional and, and you're not sick physically, but you're sick emotionally. You can know that Jesus was despised and rejected. That's what the scripture says. Uh, Jesus had emotional suffering that he went through. He was betrayed by the closest people to him. Maybe you're not sick physically, but maybe you're sick in your soul. Or maybe you're here and you would say, No, it's not physical, it's not emotional, but it's relational. Jesus identifies with you in that. He, He warred relationally. Think about this. Jesus was a single guy... In his 30s. I mean, think about how challenging it would be to make it through your teens and 20s as a single person and never sin. Uh, Someone asked me this week, um, did Jesus ever lust? And the answer is no, he didn't. He never sinned. However, was he tempted to lust? The answer is yes. But how, how much war was going on with him in those moments of temptation to be lustful as a, as a single man? I think it was probably pretty challenging. Relationally, Jesus had some crazy people in his family. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think we all probably have some crazy people in our family. I mean, it might be a crazy aunt or a crazy uncle or that crazy cousin. You may have brought that crazy person with you to church today. If you don't know who that crazy person is, it might be you. Just saying... let me say, Jesus Ward in His life and his death, for us. I love the language of Ephesians. It talks about how God has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And that's why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, when he rose from the dead, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to people. God's generous. And then it says, notice, it says he ascended. And this clearly means that Christ also descended into our lowly world. There was a battle going on. Colossians chapter 2 says it this way. It says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. And here's what he did. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. We owed a debt that we couldn't pay that Jesus paid for us. And he canceled the charge, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And listen to this last verse. It says... And having disarmed, there's warring imagery here. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them when he triumphed over them by the cross. That's Friday, folks. Friday. Jesus is warring. He's standing in the gap between us and God. And you may be asking the question, why are you saying this? Because... God wants you to know that He is right there with you in the Fridays of life. Because some of you may be going through a battle right now. And God knows how to take your pain and use it for His purpose. God knows how to take your pain and use it. He flips it on its head. And uses it for a purpose. Here's what the scripture says. Romans chapter 8. It says we know that in all things. Everybody say all things. We know in all things God works together for good. For those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. You need to hear this. Whatever Friday you're going through. God is somehow going to use it for good. I don't know how, I don't know when, but God is going to use it for your good. Because on Friday, I know this, Jesus warred for you and I when he died on the cross. That leads us to Saturday. And Saturday is a day of confusion. Why is Saturday a day of confusion? It's because when Jesus died on the cross and he was buried, he was put in a tomb, his disciples were extremely confused. They literally thought that he was the Messiah, that he was going to come and change all of history by this one act where he was going to take over the Roman government and then he was going to lead his people into freedom where they wouldn't be under the oppression of the Roman government. But then he came and he died on a cross. And they're like scratching their heads trying to figure this out. Why in the world did you die on a cross when you were supposed to be our king? Because they believe something that I think we all would believe if we were in their shoes. We kind of know the rest of the story. But, but we, they believe something we would believe to be true. And that is that dead people when they die should stay dead. And the reality is they were baffled by this whole thing. And I realize that Saturday is a day in our life, it's a season in our life, when we wait. We wait for God to respond to our situation. It's a time where we are waiting and waiting, and it's easy to give up. It's in this time in our life when we're most tempted to give up. And the Bible says, don't give up, don't quit, press on, keep moving, don't give up, don't quit, press on, keep moving. Ashley and I had a time of waiting um, that led to confusion about 15 years ago. Um, We had had our first child and we got pregnant like I think I sneezed and, you know, we got pregnant. And um, it was that fast. And then um, we were trying to get pregnant the second time and we just thought, well, this is going to be easy. We'll, you know, start trying and we'll get pregnant. And we tried and didn't get pregnant. And then we tried again and didn't get pregnant. And we tried again and didn't get pregnant. And and the trying was the fun part, friends. I mean, it was, really. Um, But the, the whole thing for us, we started going into confusion. And we started thinking about, like... Why aren't we getting pregnant? And, and 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 I realize some of you may be in that same season of life where you haven't realized the dream that you had in your heart, and you're in that season of waiting and you're wondering and you're questioning why hasn't this happened yet? I think all of us have those questions of why. We often say it's Friday but Sunday's coming. Like, that's a common phrase in the church. And we realize, like, there is suffering, but Sunday's coming. But but, but some of us get caught in that waiting period where we start to ask why. Now, we all know the story. Um, but the first disciples weren't shouting, it's Friday and Sunday's coming. They were like, Friday happened. This sucks. I'm just saying This is no good. And on Saturday, they went back to their very lives, the same thing they had always done, which was fishing. And they just started going about life as normal, but they were confused as all, get out. We felt that way. And for a long time, uh, we tried to get pregnant and tried to get pregnant before we finally did. And we were waiting and we were confused. And maybe you're in that same place today. Um, Some of you may remember the theme song to Happy Days. You remember Sunday, Monday? Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, Thursday, Friday? Saturday, what a day, moving on in with you. Yeah, it, it, that was a fun song. And I don't know about you, but my Monday through Saturday aren't always happy days, and I don't always feel like moving on with you on Saturday. Like, I just don't. And if we're to be honest, I think we would all feel that that way. Maybe you're in a season of confusion, and you need God to close the gap for you. Why isn't my marriage getting better? Why isn't my business growing like I wanted it to on paper? Why isn't my life getting better? Why is a powerful question. Because why is personal. Why speaks to who we are and, and so if you're here today and you're asking why, I get it. And, and, and a lot of us, we're going to go to heaven asking those why questions. I came across some why questions that I think we might all ask. And that is, why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? I don't know. Why is it called a TV set when you only get one? Why is it called a building when it's already built? Why do they call them apartments when they're all stuck together? I don't know. Why is there an expiration date on sour cream? Why is it called rush hour when everything moves so slow? (laughs) Why? Why? Why is everything so slow? This leads to confusion. And Saturdays remind us that God is with us in the waiting. Jesus even had this kind of comfort. Though he were dead, he knew he wasn't alone. In fact, he had this comfort from the Old Testament scriptures in Psalm 16, verse 9 and 10. It won't come up here on the screen, but here's what it says. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you, God, will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. That's the power of of God's presence in our Saturdays of life. We must remember God's promise. He'll never leave us and He'll never forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5 says, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He is with us always. And there is no confusion that His presence cannot calm. Every one of us have moments in our life. Every one of us have seasons in our life where we're waiting on something to be fulfilled that isn't yet fulfilled. And God wants you to know he's with you and there's no, no confusion that his presence cannot calm. (laughs) Here's the important thing that I want you to hear. I don't want you to stay in a Friday where you're warring. I don't want to see you stay in a Saturday where you're waiting. I want you to go on a journey with me because I want you, as we talked about earlier, I want you to experience the resurrection power of Jesus. In your own life personally. Friday was when Jesus suffered and died. He identifies with us. Saturday was when he was in the grave. And it looked like that he would stay dead. And Sunday morning an angel rolled away the stone. And Jesus rose victoriously from the grave. And that's why we all want to move to Sunday. Sunday is a day of resurrection. Sunday is a day of victory, if Friday is for those who are warring and Saturday is for those who are waiting, Sunday is a day for those who want to win in life. God wants to bring victory into every area of our life. He wants us to live a victorious life. And you might be asking, Really, Jeremy, is that just self-help stuff? No, this is Bible stuff. God doesn't want us to live a defeated life. He wants us to live victorious through the power of Jesus. Some have been warring and some have been waiting. And God wants to close the gap to help us move from warring and waiting to winning. How do we do that? We do that through one word. And that one word is... Jesus. Jesus. We sang about him earlier. He's the one who gives us the victory. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 54, it says this. Through Jesus' resurrection, it says, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? And then it says this phrase, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we give him a hand clap of praise for the victory he provides? Amen. There is no death, there's no suffering, there's no amount of confusion, that his power cannot resurrect. He is victorious and all God says that you need to experience that is to believe. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved now, I can talk about this for a long time and try to convince you, but, but maybe one of the most powerful things that you can do is hear from someone who's had their life changed by Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite Micah, our worship leader, to come out and to share his story with you. Would you join me and give Micah a warm welcome? Yeah.
1: Uh, like Jeremy said, my name is Micah. I grew up in Houston, um, South Houston, in the A Leaf Sugarland area. My my young life was riddled with um, tragedy, negativity, stuff that just shouldn't shouldn't as a child I should have to go through. Um, my dad left when I was a baby. Dad was in a horrible accident, lost his legs. I lost my sister on my birthday. All those things that just say. Why would a God let that happen and those are and this is all before the age of like 12 so I spent most of my life going I don't need Jesus I don't need God if he's going to allow all this stuff to happen um, just if I want to read the Bible I'll read the Bible and that's good enough um, in high school, I was a musician. Uh, I was in band, I played drums and I was in choir and I was the guy that always made the theater people mad because I would show up for musical rehearsals and they would all go, oh, there's Micah, he's gonna take he's going to take some spots for this musical. Um, which that led into me being in some, uh, uh, a successful high school rock band that later turned into a country band. I know it sounds really weird but I went all spectrums on that. But during that time, Um, music is fun being on the road is fun and all that kind of stuff but there had to be more enough to where I I quit I I, I quit music Um, in fact my wife didn't even know I could sing or play guitar when we got married I got married to my beautiful wife uh, at 27 so I had spent all of that time basically saying I don't really need anybody I don't need Jesus, I don't need God I'm just, you know it's just my family's bad luck, whatever so at 27, we get, I get, we get married, um, and I wasn't Cliff Huxtable. I wasn't the great dad. We didn't have a really strong, great marriage, really, for the first four or five or six years. It was a struggle just to kind of communicate. We were here. We moved to Florida so I could go to school. And since I wasn't playing in music anymore, I decided that I was going to run sound. I was going to get a sound engineering degree. I was going to learn how to make bands sound great and make records and all this stuff. Come back to Austin. And, you know, we're struggling in our marriage. And I'm like, well, I mean, do we even want to keep doing this? I mean, we got to the point to where we, you know, we had discussed divorce. And a church had just started in elementary school across from our neighborhood. And my wife begged me and begged me to go. And I just said, no, 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 no. So after about the second or third time, I I think it was for her birthday, I said, okay, fine, I'll go. Went to the church. It was a different kind of church. It was very welcoming. The music was rocking, but the sound wasn't very good. So um, basically I said, well, I can't really go to this church here because the sound is horrible. And it's just just not to my specs. Well, she goes, well, why don't you go do something about it? So basically the pastor came and talked to me. And the next week I was serving. I was up at 5 a.m. unloading trucks. And I was running sound for a church. Didn't know Jesus. I was going to use it as a resume thing, and uh, I ended up listening to sermon after sermon for about three years. I didn't miss a Sunday, and this church did two services. and uh, Pastor Cole is the pastor of that church, and I always tell him he wore me down. Jesus wore me down through him, having to hear all those sermons, all those sermons. And I, but what happened was, is I started applying those little bitty things, and I noticed that me and my wife's Communication got better. Our relationship got better. I was starting to become a better dad to my kids. I didn't have a role model for a dad, so I didn't really know what to do, what you're supposed to act like. I started getting a little better at that, a little better at this. And after about two, two and a half years, our worship leader left. And they called me frantically and said, hey, it's, I think it was a Thursday or Friday night. And they said, hey, we need you to lead worship on Sunday. And I'm like, Dude, do you know me? Do you know what I've been through? There's no way I should be up on that stage leading people to Jesus. I mean, I'm, I, I i got lots of sin to pay for. And, uh, man... Jesus took hold of me that day. I've been leading worship off and on ever since. Um, I was baptized actually in 2006. I was 33 years old. So my point is, is no matter what you've been through, no matter what life has has handed you, Jesus loves you. He's waiting for you to just say, all right, enough. I can't do this on my own. And that's what it took for me. So at 33 years old, I get baptized. My life is 375 million times better than it was. I would say a bigger number, but I don't have time for that. (laughs) But our marriage is, is better. I'm better father to my kids. And as you can see, I get to sing almost every Sunday with the gift that God gave me that I didn't even know that that's what I was supposed to be doing. I thought I was just supposed to be a rock star. And when that didn't happen, now I know why he gave me a a voice. So Jesus can change anybody (laughs) if he can change me. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
0: Whether you're in a season of waiting or you're in a season of um, warring, God wants to move in and partner with you by the Holy Spirit in the face of the trial so that you will ultimately be winning. God wants to take us the next step to close the gap from where we are to where we want to be. Jesus conquered death and he freely shares that victory with us this passage from Philippians I'll close with um, it says this I want to know Christ yes I want to know him like intimately personally to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings that's Friday becoming like him in his death That's Saturday. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead, that's Sunday. The best decision that you will ever make is not a church decision. Uh, Now, we we invite you. um, In fact, I want to give you a challenge that you would make a commitment to be here for the next four weeks because i believe that if you look back on your life at the end of that four weeks and you say my life hasn't gotten better my marriage hasn't gotten better my relationships with my kids anything then then you don't have to stick around but that's just a a guarantee on our behalf we believe in the power of jesus to change lives and so show up and learn more be like Micah, get involved, serve, however you want to do it, that's our challenge for you because we believe the best decision isn't a church decision, but it's a relationship decision. And so I want to invite you to take that response card out again. Everybody go ahead and take that out. Those Hopefully you got a chance to complete that. And during this next song, um, you're going to get a moment to reflect and, and complete that. So go ahead and everybody take that out. Um, you'll see that there are on the back of that. There are four letters. There's A, B, C, and D. A, B, C, and D. And, and here's what I want to say is that Every one of us are in one of those letter boxes. Like, even if you think that you're not, you probably are, okay? And so, as you reflect on this, I want you to think about, where am I currently, and what's the next step? Where does God want to take me? And so, the first one is that I'm beginning a, excuse me, I'm already in a relationship with God, and, and, and I... I, I have this real vibrant relationship with him, and I, I, I love God, and I want to pursue him more and more. Maybe that's you. Go ahead and let us know in that. Um, maybe, secondly, that you are here and you would say, Letter B, I want to begin a relationship with God. I, I'm beginning a relationship with God. And maybe it's not for you that you're beginning today, but maybe it's that you're beginning again. And and what a great thing to remember that you are reconnecting with God on Easter Sunday. It will be a day forever that you can remember. Begin again. You just, maybe, maybe I'll say it this way. Some of you need a fresh start. So let us know. We'd love to help you. Third letter C is, I'd like to consider it a little bit more. I, 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 I'm just checking this whole thing out and like all of this is news to me. I, I, I have never experienced this before and, and maybe something spoke to you today but you're, you're still not sure like what all this is about and you just say, I'd just like to consider this a little bit more. If that's you, uh, check the letter C and know this, th- this church is a safe place for you. We have people from all different spiritual backgrounds, and we want you to know you're very welcome here, regardless of what you believe and where you're where you're at. So let us know if you're considering it. And then the letter D is a really honest and maybe even harsh way of saying it, but but I want you to be honest, and that is. I don't ever intend on making that decision. And it, it, we want to know that. Because we want to pray for you. And we believe. Prayer changes our hearts and makes us move from where we are to where God wants us to be. And so let us know about that, and we'll be happy to pray for you. And here's what I believe will happen. People that check letter D, next year you'll be here, and you'll be checking letter C, and then maybe the next year you'll check out letter B. I I believe because you're moving, you're taking steps towards God. So take a moment and fill out that card. And maybe if you're here today and you would say Jeremy yeah I I want to begin that relationship with God but I don't know how I would just want to lead you in a prayer um, so would you bow your heads with me and Father there's um, people here today who simply need to connect with you in a relationship they want to begin or they want to begin again and so um, if you're here today and you are in that spot would you just say these words in your heart you don't have to you don't have to say anything specific but but just simply um, something like this that Heavenly Father here I am and I thank you that Jesus died on the cross for my sin so that I could be forgiven and I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead so that I could live a life full of your power and help me help me to live life not in my own strength but in your power help me to take the steps that I need to take to close the gap from where I am to where you want me to be and we pray all this in Jesus name Amen thanks again for listening to our podcast. Our mission is to lead people into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And our prayer is that you are closer to Jesus as a result of listening today.